0: Snowy downtown Palmer, Alaska. This is another edition of Tech Talk, which, by the way, if you can think of a more inventive name, and I know Tech Talk is probably the most original name, possibly even the most inventive name that you have ever heard. But if you're one of those creative types who can think of something even better, we here at Out of a Jam Solutions are offering a $25 gift card on the Apple App Store, one of their many App Stores, whichever iTunes Store, whichever one you want. For those who pick a better name. Paul, what do you Ecte Octe? Ec- no, you lose. You get a negative. You owe me $25 for that commentary. That's all I have to say to you. It's good to be back. Uh, We were not here last week. There was a brilliant pre-recorded show. So brilliant, in fact, that someone called me or rather texted me thinking it was live. So uh, you can call this week. Better than live. Better than live. That's right. 3D. (laughs) It was 3D in millions of colors and full screen. Probably my favorite way to go. You know, uh,
1: radio shows. yes,
0: exactly. If if you would like to call in this week, you can do so by first texting us at ug one cent, u g one cent, and not as in a number cent rent. We well, got a rent rent right. You got to rent gotta that. Pay UG1. the one. rent. Mm-hmm. Text me there first with your name and number so that I can know you're a legit human being and you're not calling to, you know, I don't know, swear. or
1: Unless kiss. you're one of our regulars.
0: which case, you, it's not so much that you're a human being because we know you're not, but that you're safe because we know you are. Because so if you know us, you can't be human. That's, this is absolutely true. <laughs> Mike, uh, are, you, are you okay? <laughs> All right. Moving on, moving on to uh, Paul's favorite segment of the show, which he uh, doesn't have control over this time, I do. We're going to bring in a little bit of fear of panic. The FCC, in this case... Federal Communications Commission, Wow, I just killed that a little I'm sh- abruptly i 'm sure glad i don 't work for these guys indeed, you know they are you would not be surprised. they care about security it 's important to them, not accountably very much well, you know you would okay, let me let me rewind <laughs> that they 're supposed to care about security. <laughs> And they were uh, in the middle of upgrading their network security monitoring, right, the software and the methods by which they monitor whether or not they're going to be okay. And by doing that, they discovered they weren't okay at all. They had already been hacked. And uh, what, over the next months, they found out they've – Unknown number of PCs. I love the fact that it's an unspecified yeah, number. Yeah, that's scary. Infected
1: with backdoor malware. malware. Mm. Everyone's favorite term. Sure. <laughs> malware. So, uh, in true government fashion, they threw money at it. Yes. How much? Oh, ten, $10? Was that ten do- it? Do- I $10. $10. Oh, I
0: missed a million. Ten million. 10000000 million. $10. Million. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of dollars. That's a
1: lot of $10 bills.
0: I can guarantee you if you gave me $10 million to fix a network security problem, I'd find a way to
1: fix it. That's right. At the very least, I'd unplug
0: some cords. How many
1: suitcases would stacks of $10 bills be? Well, if you had a $10 million bill, not very many. No, but I mean $10 bills. Oh, and $10 bills. I could not
0: begin Mm. to hazard a guess. Would it be a footlocker? mattresses worth I'm sure <laughs> because in the end the $10 million didn't work that well do, they, uh, do diddly <laughs> no not really they finally basically failed to, imp- to pro- what the, the, a government agency did an audit of the project in less than a year there's your sure downfall yes yes. so uh, to to put it together the FCC then put together a $10 million enhanced secured network they call it ESN it had a name <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and then the government accountability Office, which I imagine must be the busiest office <laughs> in the federal government of them all. Can you imagine working on the Federal Accountability Office? What that, is, no, that is a depressing job. That is uh, not what I would consider the easiest, most enjoyable thing to do. They found the FCC, what, what's the quote? Uh, fail to properly implement the fixes unless software and systems put in place misconfigured, <laughs> even failing to take advantages of all the features and the malware protection that they had selected, leaving its workstation still vulnerable to the same attack. In fact, the full extent of the problems is so bad that the Government Accountability Office's entire findings have been restricted to limited distribution. <laughs> right. Snap. I believe they say <laughs>
1: on the streets, "Oh snap!" <laughs> snap. <laughs> uh, yeah. And guess what? They're looking for another chief information officer. Oh, did he leave? Can you imagine? Oh, I'm not too
0: surprised. He did leave. I, I would look, imagine he was there's, not. There's possessed. some great
1: poetic justice. He left to take another job doing cybersecurity. For um, CIO of cybersecurity firm that actually caters to the intelligence community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay. We're we're you know, I'm not going to actually include myself as
0: part of that community, but uh, it's a tight, <laughs> tight knit, hardcore group of people. I'm sure.
1: Yeah, let's hope they're smarter than these guys.
0: And so, so he. Oh, that's right. I didn't. You know what, Paul? I didn't even compute what you were saying there for a second. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad he's in charge of that. I'm glad he's in charge of that. Maybe he can help out uh, President Bush's family because yeah. they're getting hacked as well. Yes. Which I suppose we all are. In this case, uh, there's a lot of headlines about Bush Bush being hacked. It was not, in fact, President Bush or his accounts. Well. Former, excuse me, ex President yes. Bush. H W. Yep, he did not have his accounts hacked, but his family members did, yes. and uh, leaked out a bunch of emails from him. Personal stuff. Personal emails. Nothing too secure that we're aware no of. National security. Don't really know why it would be secure, and it's not really known how it was hacked, although I can pretty much guarantee you that whoever did it is probably toast. Yeah. And uh, the black helicopters are zeroing in <laughs> on his basement as we speak. Because I, just Okay, this is a heads-up to anyone out there who is a wannabe hacker and who thinks that they are awesome and very cool. If you hack the computers or cell phones or anything to do with family members of a president, past, former, or future of the United States, and you think that you're going to get away with it scot-free, you are so sorely mistaken. Because when you release that information, when you start taking credit for it, there one way or another, there's a trail going back to you.
1: Triangulation.
0: And, And over time, you don't have to be smart. The FBI doesn't have to be a bunch of tech geniuses. They just have to have millions of dollars and the time and dedication to keep an eye out for you. And maybe it will be 10 years from now or 20 or 30 or maybe it's in your nursing home, but they will find you. <laughs> I guarantee it. They, they always have. It's, just, it's all a matter of how many resources are you willing to dedicate to the problem. And mysteriously, they're a lot more willing to dedicate a lot when it's a matter of national security.
1: So what is our message to our listeners tonight? There is a message, yes. actually, believe it or not. Yes. You,
0: you mentioned that this is a fluff piece of uh, a, a, a something that might be on a gossip blog, but not on a serious journalistic uh, enterprise such as this one,
1: right? So if you've done everything that we've suggested in terms of, you know, having – uh, not obvious uh, passwords and updating your software and all that mm-hmm. maybe you've done all that but Indeed. what
0: well it the, the lesson here is really is that you can be as secure as you like but if you share your information with other people mm-hmm. you have to ask yourself how secure are they or uh-huh. yeah and yep. this is in There's this a case link. a spouse a girlfriend a friend whatever an employee whatever the question is If they uh, are insecure in some way and you have shared any kind of information or if they linked to you in any way, maybe they have some sort of access to your email account, maybe whatever it is. The the bottom line is, is today, more than ever before, security isn't necessarily even so much about passwords, although it is that, or encryption, although it is that, or good habits, all mm-hmm. those things. But it's also about you not falling prey to attacks mm-hmm. and about the people that you know, or it's basically about human interaction. Mm-hmm. It's about our social interaction. And so that's why so many of these attacks are based on what's called social engineering. And unfortunately, of course, the people that we know are a
1: part of that. And I think we all have to be, you know, do our part to to be careful, you know, when you're emailing and you push for reply, what's in the chain? Well, that's actually a a really
0: perfect example that I was going to bring up and it's a most basic example would be, you might write something sensitive to someone that you then, I don't know, you delete the email or your computer is secure, but they might forward it Mm -hmm. to the wrong person or they might mention it Uh, or they might reply and CC someone. The list goes on and on it's happened more than once Mm -hmm. so, same case here, if you're President Bush and you would not like your Paintings. Several of his paintings that he's painted, very perfectly pleasant paintings, were released. Uh, if you wouldn't like your paintings plastered all over the internet, don't send them to your family members via email. And that, of course, is always our upshot here on the show. It seems if you really wanted to be private, don't email it to someone. Yeah, that's the other upshot. We always come back to that. What what what's the golden security?
1: Walk the golden down the and Knock on the door.
0: <laughs> don't put it on the computer. <laughs> okay, that may be a little negative. Don't. Share it on social networks if you want it to be private. Don't put it on the Internet, in other words. Uh, Do your updates and have a secure password. That's your golden trinity of of security right there. So uh, speaking of such golden rules... There's another golden rule in the tech world, and that is that you can always generate a lot of buzz around an Apple rumor.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And there is a one that's lit up the Internet as of at least last night. Paul, what is it?
1: It's about time. Mm, yes, it is about time. Oh, you mean that it's about time. It's see. about time, yeah, yes. I got gotcha. you. And it's about time. And it has to do with a wristwatch. Called the iWatch. It's an i something. Yes, the
0: best, the best. Uh, wait, what? The w- iWatch. The i. W- fr- I don't think there's an iWatch. iWatch. Oh yeah. So no. Okay. I need to back up. The iWatch is rumored to be developed by Apple. Yes. It is rumored to be under production by Apple. We're,
1: we're in the business of helping spread rumors, aren't we? Well. I guess. Isn't that one of our functions? It depends
0: on how likely we think we are to be right. <laughs> Paul, describe the rumor a little bit before I start, start making fun of it.
1: Well, I guess it's a, it's a newfangled version of a very old concept, which is the wristwatch. Except in this case, it's more of a uh, computer, which would connect with your iPhone and would okay. give you many of the same features. Right. And there's also been talk of making it, I believe, do uh, video conferencing
0: mm-hmm. uh, via your phone. Anyone well, didn't remember Dick, Dick Tracy? Dick Tracy do
1: that? Yeah.
0: D- did that automatically make us 80? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Dick Tracy is really cool, but a number of people on the internet said, Dick Tracy, and then the comments were filled with, Dick who? Dick yeah, what? Right, Why? Right. So, yeah. But yes, a la Dick Tracy, a la the bat phone, you could theoretically do. Video chatting, you could get updates from your phone, you could integrate with them any number of things on your wrist. And let me just say, I don't think so. Because in order to drive video on your phone, you need a, a video camera, you need a Wi Fi signal or a Bluetooth signal or some kind of basically wireless technology to communicate with another wireless device, and you need to have a color bright screen and that means you need to have a graphics card to be driving the video, which means you're going to need a battery that just isn't going to really work. I mean, to fit all that in a wristwatch... Well, they
1: said that's one of the limiting factors right
0: now. Yeah, I mean, Apple might be planning that if they've come up with the newest, coolest, smallest battery Mm -hmm. chip ever. But honestly, I'm going to... You never know. I'll, you know... Granted, I'm sure Apple is working on any number of things. There are rumors about the iPhone a good six years before the iPhone came out, and I'm sure Apple is indeed working on things that are way, way down the pike. Well,
1: you know, and the the acceleration of how these technological innovations take place—last, you know, last decade's five years is this decade's one year. That's that's a good quote. I don't know.
0: That should be the law of Paul. Last decade's five years is this decade's one. I'm sure there's some sort of – I'm sure there's an algorithm
1: we could develop after that. And
0: actually, yes, I think
1: it's true. One of the other factors they're working on, I guess, you know, allegedly, we don't know, is the actual glass. It's allegedly a bendable glass, Mm -hmm. somehow flexible, but not a plastic. I don't pretend to understand what they mean exactly.
0: Well, that's been mentioned. I guess it's
1: tough. Yes,
0: and that's been mentioned a lot. Uh, There is technology in motion. There's technology that exists. There are three kinds of really cool technology that have been bandied around for these devices for a long time. Glass that bends and screens that bend as well. Mm. So, in other words, the concept being, you can have something that roll it up exactly,
1: more similar to paper than the rigid devices
0: that we have today. So you
1: can lose it just like all my other
0: grocery. Or you know, in the wind, it just blows away. Eight (laughs) hundred dollars. Oh my gosh! My (laughs) child turned into a paper air. What did you do? Yeah. <clears throat> exactly. And, of course, the other thing, uh, we, oh, we have a phone call. Trouble. Oh. Trouble in the making.
1: Yes. Okay. Should we take it? We should take
0: it. <laughs> it's probably semi-safe.
2: <laughs> oh, you are on
0: the air, and it sounds like there's an awful lot of chitter-chatter in the background that needs to I'm, be I'm
2: sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Listen, Um, <laughs> we have a really – hi, this is Margaret Atzik. Hi, um, Margaret. Rekhawn right. from Butte, Alaska, and Uh-oh. joining me this evening is Radica Garland, Emily Longbreak, Logan Dean, oh, and Anna Monasterly.
0: This, is, this Anna, is trouble.
2: Monasterly, Anna Monasterly, who has the longest best name I've ever heard. Uh, anyways, Anna is, has a really important tech question to ask you this evening, um, so I'll hand the phone over to her.
0: Alrighty. Okay. Paul Good looks evening. very dubious. Good evening, Anna. How are you? <laughs> I'm well. How are you guys? We, we are very good. We're glad you are put on the phone because you're probably the more responsible of that lot.
2: <laughs> we heard that. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're what's, what's your question, Anna? I do have a question. So I possess a 4S iPhone, mm-hmm. and I was wondering why some of the text messages are green and why some of them are blue.
0: Oh, that is actually an excellent question. Paul, have you noticed that? I have. Has anyone noticed that? Okay, well, so the reason for that is is your phone can text in one of two two ways. It can make a text message, good old plain Jane text message that we all love so very much, Sarah Plain and Tall and all that, or it can do an iMessage. An iMessage is a using Apple's phone iMessage service, where it doesn't send it via your cellular airwaves or what have you fanciness. It doesn't utilize your cell phone's messaging plan. It just sends it like another bit of data, like, say, an email or whatnot. So it can work over Wi-Fi. It can work over the iPhone or the cellular connection, whatever it is. But your cellular carrier does not know or care what's happening. So you're not going
1: against, up against your text message limit. So some, of them, some receivers or senders you can do that with and others not? Correct. It will only work with other devices
0: that can talk to the iMessage service, a.k.a. other Other iPhones iPhones. or iPads or Macs. That's where the cool part comes in. So if you send me a message from your iMessage-enabled device, it's going to pop up on my iPhone, but it's also going to pop up on my Mac, and that one is going to look blue. Does that make sense? Okay. This
2: is Margaret. Um, I have a follow-up
0: question. Which one costs me more? Uh, Definitely the regular – well, that's, that's a, actually a good question it also. Radio, it right? depends. So let's say you're me, and you have a plan that limits you to 200 text messages a month. In that case, it costs me more, obviously, to use the regular text messaging feature because... Shoot, I have a limited number of text messages I can use, but I have unlimited data so I can send stuff via iMessage till I am blue in the face. On the flip side, if you subscribe to an unlimited text message plan then, and you have limited data, then obviously it's going to be cheaper in the long term for you to just send text messages because you'll never be able to run out of them, whereas you can run out of data eventually, and each te- text message takes up a little bit of data. That being said... Each text message uses up a very, very little bit of data, so I would not obsess about it too much one way or the other. All right.
2: All right. Well, we're going to let you go because
0: we have to finish dinner. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Yep. You guys have a good night. You're welcome. Thanks for calling. (laughs) That was a good question because I'll note one more Mm -hmm. other thing, is that uh, you can tie your iMessage account to an email account. It doesn't necessarily have to rely on your phone number. And uh, if you therefore receive a message at mine, help at out of a jam.net, message me right now, please do, then I can receive it on any device that can set, get, get itself set up with a phone number. I don't even need to own a cell phone for that to work. Mm-hmm. So your iPad can do it, so on and so forth.
1: A related topic mm-hmm. FaceTime.
0: Yes, we're having it right now. Well, not with our listeners, but Paul and I are having some great FaceTime.
1: True 3D also. Yes,
0: yes this is true. Mm-hmm. I, even, Yeah, all of the above. Really you, old school. That's us on the radio. What's, what about FaceTime? Well, how does it work? Well, FaceTime is Apple's name for their video conferencing technology. Mm-hmm. So which, it's a
1: little bit like Skype.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's it like Skype, it, but it's built into each iOS device, the iPhone, the iPad. Uh, you can get an app on the Mac that lets you clone to. it. It works in the same way. It's tied to your email account. So iMessage, tied to an email account. FaceTime, tied to an email account. Uh, also to your Apple ID. This is another reason why it's important to remember what your Apple ID is. And if you have another person's email and you they have yours and you both have a you know an account with Apple, you've signed up for FaceTime, which happens automatically when you get an Apple ID, there's not much to do, then uh you can video conference you can mm-hmm. video chat with one another. The advantages over Skype is that as an example it's built into the iPhone. When I'm calling mm-hmm. you, I can just hit the FaceTime button, there's nothing else for me to do, no application to launch, and I go from having a phone call to video chat.
1: So what does it take to set that up initially? You have to have kind of a a sub list from your address book of people that are uh, FaceTime enabled.
0: Correct. The beautiful thing is that in theory, and this doesn't always work that out, work out that way, but 90% of the time it does. When you set up your iPhone, you enter your Apple ID, which includes your email address, it all sets that up by itself. It keeps track of other people. It knows automatically if theoretically they can work with FaceTime. Your, Your phone negotiates all of that initially. Sometimes when you reset an iPhone or erase and restore or start doing all this troubleshooting stuff, you run into situations where things aren't quite set up they would be as they would a properly set up a new phone and then you start running into scenarios where FaceTime is asking for your email and people say what doesn't want i don't even understand mm-hmm. does that make sense mm-hmm. and then you can use you generally plug in your apple id
1: okay now do you have to send a message to the recipient or does it get sent to them? Do they have no, to if accept they ha- it?
0: If they have FaceTime set up, when you try to call them up, they just get a little message from the FaceTime app. Oh, I see. So that e- says, each
1: individual enables it. Correct. For their Correct. device.
0: That's exactly right. And on iPhones, it's just enabled by default. On iPads, same thing. On, the, on your Mac, you have to download the application and set it up for it to work. Mm. So. There's definitely that. And one other last note, it's been a a source of a little bit of drama, is that if you have an AT&T phone, you can only do FaceTime over Wi-Fi unless you have a family-shared data plan, in which case it lets you also do it over a cellular connection, which is great. But if you have an unlimited Internet connection, then you're just out of luck.
1: Hmm.
0: So there's that. That is FaceTime. And speaking of cool technologies like FaceTime, which, by the way, I love very much, we can also talk about the Happy Fork. I love this one. Because it
1: makes us happy. <laughs> and it's a great antidote to fear and panic.
0: This is true. This is our antidote, the Happy Fork.
1: Especially when you hear some of the ideas we have it's in store. for the So,
0: Paul, wh- why is this fork so happy? It's just great. You eat food with
1: it. That's a good start. Yes, it's yep. always good to eat uh-huh. food. No stabbing, it, more eating. It's beautiful. It it records the time it takes to, for you to finish a meal. It, re, it records. <laughs> that's okay. The so number, far, that's not too useful. <laughs> the number of fork servings per minute. So wait, it tracks the fork it number of forks the per movements. minute. Wow, that GPS. is awesome.
0: That is amazing. You know why that's awesome? Because yeah. Paul, you and I could have a we're fork have race. We're have a fork off. We can have, we can just yes, we can. <laughs>
1: yes, we are going to and see we will. who can cram in the highest that's number right. of forks per, per minute. The highest rate of forks per minute, <laughs> FPM, which which is kind of sadly the complete antithesis of the designers' you know wishes because right I they were believe- thinking that this would that would give the 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 fork e i guess or is it the forker <laughs> no it's well it's both the that's the that irony using the fork if you're a forker <laughs> then you're the forker and the fork e. <laughs> <laughs> okay so you're say you're eating and you're you're you know your your brain takes a little while to register what's in the gut mm-hmm. right right so it's very common for people to overeat so there really is a legitimate kind of precept for this device to have been developed, and that is that this would give you an advanced warning to, based on what you're eating and how fast you're eating. All right. It, it will give you a clue to slow the heck down.
0: I've often wished that something else in my life would nag me. Along with everything else, it's not enough that my phone is beeping every five minutes. Hey, you've missed this to-do list. You've missed this appointment. You're failing at life, sir. No, your but my fork, fork is going to do marr. that. you eat too much. You missed your appointment. You eat too much. What? Well, I mean, what's next? I believe wasn't there the toilet that tracked how poorly <laughs> you're performing right. in that department as well? That's right. So it's just all our devices are going to yell at us. It's interesting though. This device is getting funded by Kickstarter, and it's actually real. We're not making this up. Nope. It was going to track how many forks per minute you're eating. It's to vibrate if you're just packing away too fast, mm-hmm. and you can upload all this information to the computer and track your statistics yep. for those of us who are for a hundred bucks things. For a wow. hundred, hundred bucks. That'd be a difficult silverware set so for to complete. Yeah. All right. We are about party. to wrap up our first half hour here. Uh, we're going to stop torturing poor Mike, who's running the, the board here with our brilliant witticisms that he does not appreciate. But we're going to be right back, and we're going to be back with the Death Star, fitting for our Fear of Panic music. We're going to be back with uh, App of the Week, of course, and also some very, very useful hints about Indian fake callers or real callers and, of course, that piece of software that continually pops up promising to make your computer better and, in fact, is the devil. We'll be right back after these messages.
1: But well, I don't know what I'm looking for, but I know that I just want to look some more. And I won't be satisfied till there's nothing left.
2: VRF Sutton, 89.5 on your FM dial.
1: It's an easy choice, but for me there's a devil and an angel. Hey, we're back. We are, and we're very excited. we got Death Star stories. We
0: do, because you may even remember this, but we were on the cutting edge of the story that other media outlets so woefully ignored. It's true.
1: We... Yeah, we we were there,
0: them. and we found out that whitehouse.gov, whitehouse.gov, which has an excellent petition section for an area that, should it gather enough petitions, will respond to the official requests of people. In this case, it mm-hmm. was, please build a Death Star, yep. which we've all wished for at one point or another, indeed. And,
1: you know, what do they say, Paul? <laughs> they were so short-sighted, they said, mm. get this. We don't blow up planets. I mean really. Yeah. So you can't hold the people down. In this
0: case, the people went to Kickstarter. That's right. Kickstarter being that astoundingly awesome yes, crowdfunding source. Oh, we we're gonna must put be this the Death story Star. on pause. Yes, it must be about Death Star. Please, let let's answer this phone. Hello, you are on the air, good sir. Or Hi.
2: Hello Hi, this is Doug long time with hey. Doug, how are you? Hi, you know, I, I think it's important to to mention that I, I feel so bad for that poor caller last week who called into the uh, Oh, oh, him, yes.
0: So. Yes, that was ter- that was terrible. But yeah, it's unfortunate they were so duped by our <laughs> recording. It was <laughs> <laughs> uh, a traumatic experience. But so on a different topic yet, yeah, do you have any questions you've been thinking about for over a week now?
2: <laughs> I do. <laughs> And I actually need to go back a little bit farther to your show from the One Password guy uh, uh-huh, a few weeks yeah. ago. Yes, that was an excellent show, very informative. Uh, do you. want to say appreciate appreciate that show? But then, hey, guess what happens the next morning? <laughs> uh, I'm at one of those uh, one of those places in town that's good for getting caffeine in the veins, and um, I'm touching. typing away. I'm mm-hmm. typing away, and and. Uh, all of a sudden, everything that I do is, like, on the screen, it's just highlighting. And, so, so, you know, becoming the pain, can't get any work done. So I restart the computer. And so, wait, by
0: highlighting, do you mean... What, what do you mean exactly?
2: Well, I'll come back to that. Okay, later. all right, all right. Um, so I restart the computer, and uh, it asked me for my password. And right. it never, it never asked me for my password. Uh-huh. And so... You know, I'm starting to hear the Darth Vader music, right? Well, yeah. Dun,
0: dun, 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 dun. Uh,
2: yeah. His minions have totally taken over my computer. I mean, that's like the first thing that pops into my mind now. Thank you. So. Indeed. <laughs> right. And then I'm typing in my password and all, all like, 5,000 of my passwords, and none of them work. <laughs> because you've been because... listening to the show, and <laughs> you've been creating a longer right. <laughs> number than you created
1: a monster. <laughs> uh-huh.
2: And... And sure enough, I do have the password on one of the files in the computer, but it's not doing um, doing any good yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I'm, like, total total panic mode. And I actually run up to your office, and you're not there.
1: Oh, <laughs> well, uh, usually we are there. Um, this is like a bad dream. To anyone who's listening, don't hesitate to stop them. I'm
0: not spotty at all. <laughs> and
2: so... I finally discover discovered the problem. The shift key was stuck down.
1: Oh.
2: <laughs> and bad. why it was highlighting everything and then when I'm typing my password it's putting it in an all cap. Oh. I don't know that because
0: it's like it's it doesn't let me see what I'm typing in. Which also explains why the computer asked for the password because if you hold down the shift key it starts up your computer in what's called safe boot. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. So
2: so a lot of things went wrong in a very short amount of time wow. and very much panicked, and my right. question. Finally, sorry to finally get to the question, but my urge is to like flip over the computer, uh, find the screws, and you know <laughs> see see what I can do <laughs> see what I can do to get this computer in pieces so I can clean it really well. Oh. But that's probably not the best thing to do just to clean the keyboard or the keys and whatever. But it certainly needs a, some kind.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's a really valid question. So is the shift key still stuck? Yeah, it happens from time to time. Yeah. And sometimes it feels
2: like it sticks up, sometimes it feels like it sticks down. But you know what that like other other keys
1: and stuff just And then they the just keyboard play. itself can be replaced. Well that sounds like a pain.
0: Well, yeah, okay, so two things. Uh, Paul's absolutely correct. The keyboard itself could be replaced, which is a pain, although on most computers is pretty cheap. I'll say most, because on some of them, you have to replace the whole top case, which can run, you know, a hundred something bucks, which is a gigantic pain in the butt. But mm-hmm. uh, on most of them, it's like a $30 part. And then if you come to someone that's like us, it's like a half hour's labor. So, you know, you're, you're still looking at a little bit of money, but it's not the, probably world ending. But in your case, if it's, if it's just a shift key, then really the best thing to do would be to go ahead and, first of all, you try prying up the key
2: oh yeah it, I've I, I'm I've known I've like figured out to watch for it now right so what it does you know I got I got a knife handy
1: That sounds safe. Okay. No, but it's true. WD-40, a good application of WD-40. Right, yeah. I've been thinking
2: about that, too. Do you please spray spray some corrosive
0: acid on my computer (laughs) with oils as well, designed to never evaporate? (laughs) Uh, No, WD-40 would probably be the wrong idea. However, uh, uh, another thing that would approximate the same use would be uh, isopropyl alcohol. And I don't know if you've tried that, but you could use a Q-tip no. or uh, a paper towel, pry up the key, and then thoroughly douse the area with isopropyl alcohol and swab it with something.
1: Seriously now, how about compressed air? Well, like, no, and isopropyl alcohol, camera. I'm serious.
0: I'm totally... totally. No, I know, I know. Oh, I know oh, you okay. are. Oh,
1: and right. But as an, as an additional idea, what right. about the, like the, the air cans you use for optical devices?
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: Um, have you tried that?
0: No, I, uh, haven't, well, I haven't. Okay, I, so compressed air, step one. Isopropyl alcohol, to get in there, it'll both wet things down, hopefully, dislodge and clean whatever it is, and then the alcohol evaporates completely, leaving no residue behind. Mm-hmm. So theoretically, you're not going to totally destroy your computer like you would with, say, oh, I don't know, WD40. <laughs>
2: About like Rindex or like. Also,
0: nothing (laughs) nothing that has chemical agents that love to eat away at dirt. Because if it eats away at dirt, then it's going to eat away at the very delicate components in your computer. No oven cleaner? Uh, Well, (laughs) no battery acid either, Paul. I know it's your favorite cleaning device. Let's just crack open this battery. No, uh, and and this is the word from Apple as well. Also, you don't want water because basically almost any liquid will carry with it some form of impurity. And when it evaporates, we'll leave that behind. And so you need something that is both liquid and gets, gets something from a dried up, caked up state to something that's more like gum and can be removed or just washes away. But you don't want that liquid to introduce any new foreign materials. And in this case, that
1: is uh, alcohol, the purer the alcohol, the better, hence isopropyl alcohol. Yeah, you can get it 90% or 95%. Yeah, and it's like 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 a buck. Do you have to be 21
2: or over?
0: Uh, No, but that's a very good question, and for reasons I don't entirely understand now that you mention it.
1: It's not
0: It's not taxed. Yeah, but there's a lot of things that aren't drinkable that are, you know, I'm not even going to explain on the air, but man... um, Paint? I don't know. Uh, so, okay, so that being said, isopropyl alcohol is your computer-cleaning friend and really the only liquid to use around your computer. So basically the rule of thumb, no other liquid.
1: Would right. it be wise to, to hold the computer at um, you know, a 90-degree angle or slightly inverted so that if it, liquids go through the keyboard, they don't go into the electronic panels, that they would All be right. more likely to... To go outward rather than inward? I mean,
0: I guess I would say, if you plan to just open and dump a bottle of alcohol on the keyboard, I I, I guess. But -hmm. realistically, I'm thinking more specialized application where you're just using a wet. You know, when I do it, I take a paper towel and I turn the bottle over on, you know, hold the paper towel against the opening, turn the bottle over and then turn it back up just to get the paper towel wet and then use that to try and Mm -hmm. clean the area. Uh, another very popular way is to use a, a Q-tip.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, the, the goal being is hopefully you can see what's making it sticky and get it cleaned out. A compressed air is also great because it might get something you can't see and blow it out. You might oh. need a
1: little more vigor,
0: yeah. If, if those two things don't work, though... Um, You know, I would say actually bring it in so I can at least look at it because it's not necessarily still a replace-the-keyboard scenario. It might be the rubber cap. It might just be the spring in the the keyboard, the little metal, what's-it widget. Who knows? Um, So maybe you can replace the key and be okay. But if
1: none of those work, then, yeah, you'll probably have to replace the keyboard. (coughs) you said the shift key was your major culprit, but there might be others. But just using the shift key as an example, when you depress the shift key, do you feel any kind of clicking or friction of any kind does it feel different than the other keys does it have any initial tendency to to hold or to come up slowly or anything like that
2: oh absolutely like sometimes it's it's difficult to press it it feels like it it won't go down i mean there's a number of keys that have these kind of issues and i found like if i just don't use it for a little while it seems to go away or kind of just shake the computer a little bit it's It does sound like
1: like in that case that it's something in between the keys that's physically kind of um, slowing their their ability to move. Like a little chunk of potato chips or
0: something. Okay, and I will mention on that subject that I have cleaned up keyboards that literally had about a quarter inch of crumbs under all the keys. So uh, if you are eating anything over your keyboard, you deserve what you get.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm
0: sure I do. <laughs> <laughs> there is to be... You can consume food. You know, everyone says don't eat at the computer. No, no, no. Just don't eat food over the computer. Yeah. At mm-hmm. is fine. Over is wrong. Okay. That's our advice of the week. <laughs> Doug, All right. Eat highly crumbleable foods directly above the keyboard. All right. Thanks for calling in, Doug. All right. Thanks for your help. All right. Excellent. Thank you. Bye. Back to Death Star. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just because Kickstarter... Then there's a Kickstarter project on Kickstarter. Well, uh, let me reverse new sentence. Because there's a project on Kickstarter to fund a
1: construction of the Death Star. Right. So they want to they want to raise about thirty thousand dollars. Oh no, excuse me, thirty million dollars. Yeah, thirty thousand. That'd be the cheapest Death Star. <laughs> I <I'd laughs> like want to build a Death Star. I'm totally building. <laughs> I a love Death Star. this. The the the. The correspondence I'm looking at says that they need that money to draw more detailed plans than what they have now. And then down below there, they have literally a circle drawn on a piece of paper, initial Death Star design. (laughs) That matches all of my blueprints. That's amazing. That's so a very nice They circle. need 30 million dollars to do better than that. <laughs> but it gets better. It gets better.
0: They, then after they finish the initial design, they plan to start a yet another project to actually construct
1: it. Yeah. And that carries yet another price tag. <laughs> it's got a whole lot of zeros. <laughs> <laughs> One, two, three, four, five sets of three. I'm not even sure what to name that number. (laughs) I don't know what that number is. We'll call that a Google. (laughs) It's probably a quintuplex. Yeah, something like that. So,
0: yep, if you want to fund a Kickstarter project, you can fund the Death Star. And actually, I
1: should also note that it's unknown who these people are but they do have a what is it a december of 19, of 2015 uh target for finishing the death star well that's that's you know moving very, right along yep
0: very very ambitious all right so uh, mo- all of that Moves us along from the Death Star, which may be a construction project of the week. Something more terrestrial? But a little more terrestrial. Yeah, the app of the week, mm-hmm. which in this case has to do with weather. And Paul and I have been doing a little research on weather apps, and primarily I've been doing that because I have been playing around with uh, weather stations. And we're going to mention that on a future show because there's some interesting things in these this day and age, you can do with a weather station and your computer. But as a result, I've thought, well, what's a weather app that actually works for me? And I've played with, with quite a number, and
1: I've actually settled on a favorite myself. Paul, what what have you looked at? Well, I, I did find another one. Um, gosh, what is the name of it now? It's Weather Something. That doesn't help. Wasn't it Weather Plus? No, no? it wasn't. Um, weather Weather? Come back down to me on that. Um, Cold Weather. Huh. Front. <laughs> hot weather perhaps and i should note right that there right. is an
0: almost unlimited number of weather apps. Uh, weather
1: live weather, weather live.
0: live and uh mike weather. is waving actually an app at me that i'm going to mention and and we've both i i Came like to the quite same a bit. conclusion well almost All that rolling? but he, what he's looking at was my favorite app up until this one but we'll we'll see we'll see uh i'm going to come back to paul weather live you said weather live why is it so live well, they're all live. It's silly. It's true. Well, no, actually, they I think, think there is a reason for this one. Oh, well, tell not, me. Not to, well, look you at the background, Paul. The clouds
1: are moving. Oh, I see. And so that brings me to my pet peeve about... But that's fake, Michael. Well,
0: I did say pet peeve. Clouds. I didn't say... Well, I didn't say it was my favorite well, it's thing. not
1: really live. Okay.
0: You need to email the developer... And have it out uh, with them, obviously. Yeah. In, in, in this particular case, well, not in this particular case, there seem to be two kinds of weather apps, the kind that overload you with a ton of information, right. things like the dew point of the precipitous nature of the previous moon's harvest-fall algorithm or something that just gives you a really beautiful picture. and It's like, haha, isn't this cool? Don't you want to pay money for it? And for me, weather
1: life falls a little bit in that category, at least. I mean, it, it does give you humidity. That's true. Uh, current precipitation. It gives you the air pressure mm-hmm. and visibility.
0: Yeah, uh, it's not bad. No, no. But um, you know, not not to shoot it down, not to critique it too much. Although there's an you upside. To scroll along
1: the bottom. I'm looking at it now, Tuesday through Sunday. Mm-hmm. Pretty easily it tells you the high and the low. And a symbol. And it's free, so it definitely carries more information than Apple's weather, Mm -hmm. which is great. And it's got the
0: scrolling clouds in the background, presumably a shining sun if it's sunny. But as you noted, actually, it's not real, which I know is going to sound weird, but I agree with Paul in the sense that that's always bugged me, too, because you do have this whole category of applications for weather that market themselves in these beautiful graphics that they just generate because, oh, they think it's sunny or, oh, they think it's rainy or whatever it is. They have nothing to do with really what's going on outside. So then you have the super serious weather apps. And uh, for a long time, the weather app of my choice was actually AccuWeather's app. Uh, most okay. of us here in Alaska are familiar with AccuWeather because a lot of radio stations use AccuWeather uh, for their primary weather information. AccuWeather is free. And uh, I'm a fan because, first of all, AccuWeather has always been pretty accurate, and second of all, their interface isn't too bad. Um, they give you the, the primary information that you might want right off the top, right off the bat. And they also give you a weather radar, which not all of the apps do. And they give, you, uh, the next, the for- they give you an hourly forecast for that day, the mile per hour of the wind, and then you know uh, the upcoming forecast for the next few days, of course. There's also theoretically videos that show you uh, the breaking news and weather uh, for certain areas of the United States. I use AccuWeather pretty extensively when I was in Hawaii, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Kauai, uh, Mike should appreciate this, to track where the, there was the least amount of wind. Because you could give it a town and it would tell you, oh, average mile wind miles per hour is this. However, I now uh, prefer an app called, uh, oh, shoot, I just forgot the name of the app. And I even wrote it down because check the weather. There we go. On your iPhone, it just comes up as weather each time. But check the weather. Which is only 99 cents, so it's not free. Provides in a really clean, incredibly pleasant interface that just shows you the current temperature, humidity, wind, and a graph of what the temperature is going to do for the next 12 hours, along with when sunset and sunrise and sunset is. And it does this in a really clean, immediate interface.
1: Yeah, it is. It's very tidy. It's very tidy. It's It's
0: very easy to read, and you can just swipe right. It'll give you hourly information along with humidity and precipitation chance and then you can swipe left and it'll give you the daily forecast for the next few days. Very cool. And then one of my favorite things you swipe up and it gives you radar for your exact location. If you know how to read a radar, which I can't, it just gives you little dots. Yeah, I don't
1: know what that pulse high def radar. It's but, actually got a, a live feed of um satellite imagery. Overlaid Do you not know read the radar?
0: Because to me it's just green and blue stuff moving on top of a map.
1: Well it does show you
0: where the precipitation is. Oh, there's that too, I suppose. Yeah. Yes, definitely. So that's my app of the week, at the very least. Mike, I suggest you check it out. Weather Live is pretty sweet. And uh, that also moves me along to the fact that that Paul had a question about the fact that all these apps, when you download them, ask you about push notifications. Right. I
1: was wondering what that means. You know, it says we're going to download this, and it allows push notifications. Do you want it? Well, uh, you know, do you
0: want your application to talk to you all the time? Push notifications mean... Well, let's let's use email as an example. We're all familiar with email. Your email program, by default, checks, say, every five minutes for new emails and downloads them. If you have an iPhone, every time it checks, it's using a battery power to connect to the Internet, use your Wi-Fi signal or whatever, potentially data, check the remote email server, do its thing, either see any new emails and download them or not. So it's constantly running in the background, right? It mm-hmm. uses up battery uh, – sorry, it uses up, uh, yeah, your battery power. Yeah, yeah. And also it is something that does not get your email immediately should it come in. It gets it whatever it's really set, five minutes, 15, right. whatever it is. Now, you may not care, some people do, about their email, but the solution that was come up with to solve that is called push email, Mm -hmm. email that is not, your email program doesn't check for it, the server sends it to the device that you have, and that's a whole different set of technology, actually, that's only recently become widely adopted. So it's more passive. It's more passive on your part and more active on the services part Mm -hmm. and much more immediate. The bottom line is for you, it's immediate. The minute something happens, you get a new email, whatever it is, it pops right up on your... Device with an app that asks you, "Do you want to receive push notifications?" They're saying, "Do you want this app to beep at you and pull up a message on the screen whenever we want to send you a message?"
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And in this case, with a weather app, usually that means, for many of them, severe weather alerts. If you're Mm -hmm. in tornado country, they'll pop up a message and say, hey, you better run right now because you're about to get smashed. Or on some of them, and this is unfortunately on most, they just send you annoying things like. You "You just got smashed. You (laughs) That would be annoying on any number of levels.
1: (laughs) I can see it. Beep, beep. You were in an accident. I'm sorry. No, okay. <laughs> you can tell by the GPS movement of your vehicle. You I've, just had an accident. That is actually, that actually OnStar does do that, which kind of creeps me out.
0: Uh, or, and it's cool, I'm sure, if you're actually in an accident, but. Most of them just provide useless information, and so generally, well, sign me up. yeah, generally, if an app asks me, "Do you want push notifications?" I say no because I do not need another thing in my life with little angry red icons and numbers <laughs> and, and messages and <laughs> Pay beeping. Paying attention to me, <laughs> exactly.
1: You're not paying attention to me. My
0: rule is, I say no to everything unless one day I'm like, "I really wish I could get this out of it," and then I look into it. And find out that it can and say yes. Because if you say no to allowing something on your iPhone, you can always go to the Settings app and just scroll down until you'll see the app name, and then you can turn notifications back on.
1: So do you say yes to allow, or do you say no to not allow? You say,
0: actually, <laughs> thank you for confusing me for a moment. You say don't allow or allow in typical, understandable Apple fashion. <laughs> Jeez. Sometimes that happens, which actually actually I was gonna mention a website that I really like. But that we're gonna use that as segue right over to one of my tips, which is that there is there are any number of pieces of software on the internet that try to trick you into downloading them by giving you a web page where if you click cancel, nothing happens. They don't actually give you a cancel button. You can't cancel out. You Whoa. can right. So you can do one of two things. You can click OK, in which case you're either run the risk of downloading the Oof, program. Danger. Can be. Or you can force quit the program. Right. Generally, unless you know what it is a better option. Force quit the machine? No. So uh, on Windows, we'll do Windows first okay. in this case. Uh, it's the famous Control-Alt-Delete combo on the mm. keyboard. And that's going to bring up a window that gives you a little list of questions. Mm -hmm. And one of them will be Start Task Manager, which is actually you want to click on Start Task Manager, which then brings up a little window which lists all the programs running. Mm -hmm. And so So in this example,
1: you can select which one. you want to Say Firefox
0: or Internet Explorer, and you will say End Task, and it will assassinate it. If you're on the Mac, the key combo is different, of course. It's going to be Command, Option, Escape. Hmm. And if you do that, you get a little window right away that lists all your running programs. You're going to select the one that's giving you the message you can't get out of, Hmm. in this case, say Safari, and you'll hit force quit. Hmm. And that will close it. Now, this came to mind because recently uh, a local newspaper, the Frontiersman, has been running ads, not through any fault of their own. They're just part of, if they don't get any local ads, they subscribe to an ad service which automatically fills in. National ads mm. that this service sells uh, to various advertisers. Great. And one of them is called Mac Keeper. And I actually got a call from my mom saying, I've got this ad, I was reading the Frontiersman, that says, Do you want to install Mac Keeper and make your Mac faster? And you might have seen these ads. They're everywhere. Oh. If you have a Mac, you will see these ads everywhere on the Internet saying, clean up your Mac, make it faster, make it run better, et cetera, mm. et cetera, et cetera. And I see a lot of people who fall for that just from the ads alone. Like, right. yeah, I want a faster Mac. Sure, sure. sign who me wouldn't? up. Exactly. And then this this particular ad in the Frontiersman and in many other places is really pernicious because it doesn't let you click cancel. You can only click okay.
1: Wow.
0: And if you click okay there, it's actually not at the end of the world, and that's what I told her to do in that particular case because then it just takes you to their website and you can just close the window. Mm. So no harm done there. In general, please force quit. Yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't
1: even advise.
0: Okay, good point. But the other advice, though, is don't, for the love of Pete, install Mac Keeper or any other kind of Keeper, any program that claims to make your computer, PC, Mac, I don't care what it is. If it claims to make it faster, it is lying to you. It, it, there, there's no magical program out there that you can just hit the run now button and it's going to make it all work it a thousand gives you times you a better. new processor. Yeah, it, yeah. You know, if that program really existed, do you really not think that Apple or Microsoft would just bundle that as part of the operating system right. if it was that easy? It, an Apple upgrade. Exactly. Some of them some of them, sometimes provide features that can help in certain specific situations. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, you end up installing a program that runs in the background, makes your computer slower, and you'll probably even pay for. I, I uninstall them for people all the time. Mm. They're not exactly a virus, but they're kind of the equivalent of in that they scare you into installing them, and then you pay money for something that's useless. Wow, really? So, So I I I have a very negative connotation Mm -hmm. with the supposed fix-it programs. And that even includes for things like registry cleaners on a PC. Honestly, Mm -hmm. if you have a PC, cleaning the registry is a waste of time for the most part. Don't Mm -hmm. bother. Don't do it. Okay. I That's our it. negative angry tip of the week from Michael. <laughs> my 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 rant of the week. We should have a rant of the week. Paul, what is your rant of the week? Uh, I hadn't please thought vent your spleen.
1: Yes. Well no rants right so now. So we
0: can have people call in to confess.
1: Yeah, we have confessional. We have
0: confessional. Confess your stupid technology thing, whatever it may yeah, be.
1: Whatever you you're too ashamed to admit. Exactly. You're not alone. Or you can call in with a question,
0: which we love. Uh, commentary, of course, about state of technology today. And then finally, with your rant of the week. I've noticed commentary often devolves to rant of the yes, week. Yes, there's a fine line. You can, you can, One can devolve into the other <laughs> Yes, Complain about whatever you like. Uh, Paul, you had mentioned that your iPhone is still on the fritz, and that was going to tie into our, our issue. We're going to mention this very quickly. We were trying to use the very cool Radio Free Polymer app before we came here today right. the radio free palmer kvrf.org you can just look yep. for kvrf in the app store stream your stream your stuff wasn't
1: playing audio for you was it it wasn't i got the, the app loaded quickly uh quicker than some of the other ones i've done but when i was trying to play when i pushed the live button to play whatever's on the air uh, no sound came out and in this case, what it was,
0: and as is so often the case, you hold on the top button mm-hmm. and the home button to force your iPhone to restart. And anytime time it starts really behaving weirdly, that's the thing to do, and that brought it back. We're all out of time for this week. Uh, that is it. We very much look forward to talking to you next week. We're going to have a guest, Sally Hope from the Matsu School Borough. Lucy Hope. Lucy Hope, I'm so sorry, is going to be talking about assistive devices like iPads and how they're helping our kids today. Please tune in next week, and we'll look forward to talking to you then. Bye-bye. saying.